Hello, and again, welcome to BitDepth. I'm Santiago Ramones. Across from me is... I'm Benji Skalut. I know that's not like your real name. Where it's does Skalut come from? Name. So, um, where does it come from? Oh, yeah. Uh, so I took the last name of that girl who wrote The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks, and I just started spelling it phonetically like I pronounced it. Like, that's how I thought it was pronounced, and I started spelling it like that. But uh, I combined, and um, it rolled off the tongue. The name Benji Skalut rolled off the tongue like curdled cheese to me. <laughs> I just thought it was, like, really kind of, like, just weird. But I'm really proud enough to, like, have it on my tombstone, though. And I feel more like a Benji Skalut than uh, my government name, which is Ben Askren. <laughs> Yeah, I share a name with the dude who lost to Jake Paul. Oh, I didn't even know that. But well, he was a—he was a very good Olympic wrestler, but not very good at fighting Jake Paul. And I always like wanted to distance myself from him. <laughs> Just even—I knew about him when I was like five. And um, the day after that fight, I got asked for a total of eight hundred and fifty-five dollars on Venmo from people who lost bets. And then I asked the actual Ben Askren for a penny and he couldn't, he couldn't seem to spare it Aww. for my troubles. He couldn't do it. <laughs> I got it, dude. It's, I posted that on Instagram, but um, yeah. Skalut comes from a uh, mistranslation of the author's last name of from The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks, which is a very fascinating book about those immortal cancer cells that like changed how we know that disease fundamentally it's bad yeah yeah mm -hmm. and it's also like an example of like just like racial colonization oh. on the cellular level dude <laughs> the worst yeah. racial colonization <laughs> on the cellular level man they treated her terribly yeah. <laughs> anyways we're here to talk about you yeah. uh <laughs> are you what do you do well i am a, a composer a bassist and shit poster. Um, I recently graduated from Oklahoma City University with a Bachelor of Arts uh, pre-med degree. So that basically means I'm a music major who also took the prereqs to be a physician's assistant. <laughs> and um, I just returned my rentals today. So <laughs> I, uh, I, I should get rid of my hold. I want to see my grades. See if I like actually graduated college. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, right now I'm just starting my gap year. And um, man, I just got back from Portland, Oregon too. Yeah, yeah. I was seeing some of that. Dude, city is amazing. Yeah. It is like the nicest city I've ever been to. Yeah. Except for the, the homeless population, which is not like their fault but yeah no it's not and i would only say it was honestly like marginally worse than oklahoma city yeah, um, yeah oklahoma city is getting pretty bad yeah <laughs> um there were no people like ODing on the streets like you've heard um there were some tent cities on like a little bit of tents on sidewalks but like man it was nowhere near as bad as la like oh, yeah, sure. nobody sleeping on the street. Um, I actually did see a guy like ODing in LA on like Hollywood Boulevard. I didn't see it in LA. I saw it in San Francisco, just like yeah. needles out and about. I was like, man, 
<laughs> Anyways, it was pretty tame, but yeah, uh, yeah. Let's let's get into. I guess since we're talking about school, like, what the fuck? Why pre med and music major? <laughs> so I went in there as a composition major, just because I always love music and writing music. Um, I got into playing bass, and I started with playing classical upright bass nice. in the public schools of Springfield, Missouri. And uh, my goal with upright bass was to like have a foundation so that I could switch to electric bass. Mm -hmm. And I did that within the first six months of uh, change of starting. Yeah, yeah. So I started off playing bass, like no one sheet music. Yeah, yeah. And um, no one a bit had a blend with like a string ensemble. I had a really like great set of teachers for uh, my upright bass career. Um, yeah. And I'm actually going to play at their retirement concert that's oh. on like Saturday, this Saturday. Yeah. They were a husband and wife team, uh, Andy and Elizabeth Johnston. Mm -hmm. and uh, They were both some of the greatest teachers I ever had just across subject matter in yeah. school. Um, they were, they just made it so simple to start off with. Mm -hmm. And um, they were really polite. And Mr. Johnston was a really zany dude. <laughs> and um, I'm really excited to see both of them, honestly. Like, yeah. they uh, they were really good at their job and really good at uh, working with children mm -hmm. and making them, like, passionate about the subject matter and, um, like, commending respect. Mm -hmm. They didn't really have to do much for you to just, like, respect them. And um, they were really good conductors, too. Um, they, uh, I mean, they knew how to, uh, use facial expressions to cue instruments. They had really good tact and tact is a conducting term that shows where like the precise moment of the beat is when you move the baton and, um, what else? <laughs> Mrs. J had a really great death stare whenever you would mess up your music. Uh, hold on. Let's bring it back to you again. Why bass? Well, um, that day, uh, we started, I was looking at all the instruments and I was like, man, seems like not a lot of other people are going to play bass. Also, I had a cousin who played guitar and I thought he was the coolest dude in the world. Yeah. And, um, I was like, man, if I could play an instrument with him, he had bass mm -hmm. and, uh, also, I knew the upright bass would transfer to electric bass. I, okay. wanted, I wanted to play electric bass with him. This is a lot of wisdom to have, especially at the point of deciding to play an instrument. So good on you. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, and I just kept playing bass in orchestras and like playing bass in little like rock cover bands. And I guess it just got really out of hand from there. <laughs> um. So then composition, you didn't do performance. Uh, so why composition in particular? Well, I was always like writing stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, at first it just started like goofing around on my electric bass. Mm -hmm. And then I had, um, I was already sheet music literate. And I, I just loved writing. Yeah. I just loved writing. Yeah. Um, 
at the time when I was like 14 or 15, I got really into Frank Zappa. And that was like, that'll do it. That, that'll do it. That was, uh, I've stolen like so much from Frank Zappa, dude. I, I stole everything from him, man. Um, his music was just complicated and incredible to me. But then there's also like the really simple, like melodic moments of Zappa were just really inspiring to me. And, um, I really like taught myself just how to compose at first to, uh, just listening to him and listening to other stuff. Um, I listened to everything, man. And I mean like everything, dude. Um, what were you listening to on the way here? Oh, it was actually silence. <laughs> Ironically, but, uh, um, that is part of everything, <laughs> <laughs> but I, uh, I slept on that first Return to Forever record with Chick Corea. I was listening to that earlier today. Like that first track really got to me. I was like, it was a really like dark and angular melody. And um, I'm going to transcribe it later, dude. It's just so cool. Um, it's been like Return to Forever, uh, UGK, uh, Deer Hoof, um, Whatever hip hop like the Alchemist is producing, I saw Freddie Gibbs at the Tower not too long ago. Um, also, I've never just, I've never listened to "You're Dead" by Flying Lotus and not been inspired. <laughs> that that album is an endless source of creativity for me. Um, Okay, but bass and composition. No, so, but thank you for answering the influences question because that's, yeah. <laughs> well, there's a lot more and I can't even like name them all right uh, now. That's okay. Like bass. Bass. So, <laughs> and composition. Let's go back. <laughs> let's go way back. All right. Um, so like sixth grade, I'm learning music in the public schools. Uh, I was really into like Alice in Chains at that time. And I actually revisited Jar of Flies, which is my favorite album by them, like a couple months ago. And I was like, man, this is sad. <laughs> and uh, I'm, there's going to be some like two part vocal harmonies on the next Shift album, too. And I'm, I'm going to like touch back on that because I really like the way Jerry Cantrell and Lane Staley always sounded. So I'll see what I can do with that. Um, OK, bass. It was Alice in Chains. And then I discovered the Chili Peppers, as every young bass guitar player does. And I got really into Flea, like around eighth grade. And I got so into Flea that I even bought uh, a Music Man Stingray bass, which is the kind of like bass Flea played on um, the Uplift Mofo Party plan and like a lot of those albums like before Blood Sugar. And I liked Blood Sugar too. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, that album's that's, that's a good ass album. Um, but yeah, it was like the Uplift Mofo Party Plan has been, it's kind of a top 10 album for me, honestly, still. I would say less now, but like that album really like, it showed me that I wanted to be unique sure. as a musician. Sure. And like, I wanted to progress music in into just weird territory that I don't even know. And that, yeah. that funk punk was kind of like the first touchstone <laughs> for me. Um, I definitely branched out genre wise after hearing that. I. I honestly think if I hadn't found that record when I was really young, I probably would have just been like stuck on Alice in Chains and like alternative rock and sure. all that. Um, Which is also not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing, but like 
I really like listening to more things in alternative rock, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, it also just ups your skills. It's just like level of ability necessary to play that kind of stuff is, is mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> I think at the height of my flea interest, which was eighth, which was eighth grade, um, flintrist, if you will, flintrist. Oh man, yeah, <laughs> yeah, flintrist. So it's the first day of jazz band in eighth grade, and being in jazz band also is about to blow my mind and expand my musical taste considerably um so i plug in the bass to the amplifier in the first day jazz band and i didn't even have to audition for this jazz band like the teacher asked me to be in here and i plug the bass in and i turn the amp on and i go Mm -hmm. just because just playing some ghost notes just to make sure the amp is on i just do only three of them and my teacher miss sour she goes if you're going to be doing that all semester, we can change your schedule right now. Oh my god. <laughs> <Just> like, okay. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, I was better at doing that thumb thumb pluck stuff in eighth grade than I am now. So um yeah, so I guess let's go into there's a point when you realize that that's like music is what you have to do with your life. When was that for you? I don't know. Um, it was definitely like in middle school. I just like playing in class over and over and like kind of being rewarded for being gifted. Mm-hmm. I was kind of like, man, I feel like I'm not much good at anything else. So I think I'm, I'm going to just keep doing this. Mm-hmm. And it just got out of hand from there, man. <laughs> um, now I'm here. Um Okay, then let's go into like the pre-med thing. Why pre-med? So in my sophomore year of college, I had a massive jaw surgery to um, repair. Just just like I was born with a cleft lip and palate. Um, I also have synesthesia, and I think that's the reason I have synesthesia was my birth defect. And um, I had a massive jaw surgery. I underwent an operation called a Lafort one osteotomy. And what they did was they broke my maxilla and they moved it about five millimeters forward. And they took my mandible and they broke that and moved that about five millimeters back. And then I also had a second bone graft right here. And they took bone out of my iliac crest and they put it up where the cleft was. He's, he's to, pointing uh, at his hip, by the way, listeners. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> I guess I should have said upper jaw and lower jaw too. But yeah, well, uh, these aren't terms that people really. Yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> so they, they took the upper part and moved that out. That's what happened. It also moved my like nose a bit forward too. Um, so yeah, the Lafort one lines are like right here, mm-hmm. like right above your upper lip and like below your cheekbones. Yeah, and of. There's more like Lafort lines in your skull too, and that's that's a whole thing. But anyway, they just broke my upper jaw, moved that forward, broke the lower one, moved it back. And this uh, this was just an operation I've been expecting my whole life. I've had a bunch more work done on my mouth too, and um, but man, I was at I was 19 years old, and I was at Children's Mercy in Kansas City, and my face was swollen to the size of a basketball, and I was just like, what the hell am I doing here? And I just felt really compelled to give back in an objective way. 
because music only helps the people who want to hear it. Hmm. But um, needless to say, music is more the dream. And that's more of like a day job I would do if I had to do it. Sure, sure. And um, yeah, I just passed all those. And I'm kind of I'm like actually kind of proud of that. I yeah. mean, it was that was definitely an eye opening experience. And like that was the first time I've ever really had to study for something was trying to pass those prereqs. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of um, there was a lot of old school academic mentality mm. in that whole process that sure, sure. I wasn't really aware of until then. And like a lot of teachers, you know, trying to fail you and um, a lot of stuff. I really didn't feel like compelled learning. I have a lot of mixed feelings about college. Um, (laughs) You've come to the right place, man, (laughs) man, man. And after all that, I'm, I'm in about a 27 K debt. Um, not actually like feeling too bad about that that's there's people with more debt than that um i guess i'll let you know how that goes in like 10 years man but um yeah i certainly have mixed feelings about college and i'm happy i passed those and i'm uh that's why i'm taking the gap year because like medicine is a big commitment especially when your dream is still music yeah and um I feel like my experience is just in music my whole life have just been different than a lot of people. So I, I don't, I don't know. Sure. I don't know. I need this year, man. I need, I need <laughs> yes, to learn yes, some stuff dude. about myself, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, once again, having enough presence of mind to be able to make that decision for yourself, uh, is really good. Uh, how has the, uh, medical, learning experience shaped music for you well actually like the music learning experience has shaped medicine and the medicine experience has shaped music so um music i swear it was the only reason i have learned i learned medicine quickly (laughs) that was that was it man honestly the doctor brain and the musician brain are the same sure because everything in music is connected to and named after itself, just like everything is in your body. Yeah. Like it's, and vice versa. Mm -hmm. Like you just, I mean, you start hearing like, so the upper part of your arm, like your biceps and triceps, that's your, that's your brachial region. And like your brachial cephalic artery goes through there. And, um, this is your cute, your elbow, this is your cubital region. And then like the other side of your elbow, that joint right there is your anti-cubital region. And then your frontal region is named after your frontal bone, which is named after your frontal lobe of your brain. And I'm pointing at my forehead right now for those who uh, aren't unsure, but um, yeah, everything is named after and connected to itself. Mm-hmm. And that was the thing that got me about music and medicine. So like, yeah, it was like, you know, like, oh, this is a major third. This is a minor third. Yeah. These are like, it's still a third, but one's major and minor. You can tell the difference because, yeah. And then, you, I mean, like on, on bass and guitar, like you can take shapes. You can take like two major thirds mm-hmm. and have the major thirds be a major third apart. And that's that's a chromatic median. And <laughs> I'm going to start talking like an alien soon. But uh <laughs> Well, you can either start talking like an alien in medical terms or start talking like an alien in music terms. Yeah, so. man. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, 
But man, everything is connected to and named after itself in both of those fields. Yeah. And it's very, it's very intuitive to me, at least. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And both, yeah, it's, it's helped me. Um, I have a friend who um, is a, actually a resident uh, now, um, but whenever he was going through med school, I would, you know, every once in a while, whenever he would like come out of the dark pit that was medical school and be able to like talk to him, uh, I would be like, what's the thing that you learned most recently that like makes you think that we should all be dead right now? You know what I mean? It's like, oh, like like the eyeball is just like protected by a thin film of skin. Like there's no yeah. reason why we should all be seeing right <laughs> now or something like that. Oh, well, what's, what's something that you learned um, in all your stuff that just made you be like, ah, we should be dead. Or at least I should never be playing an instrument or whatever that is, you know? Um, cancer definitely got more scary to me after learning about the body and medicine. Um, oh, sorry, Mr. Microphone. Uh, yeah, cancer. Um, there are carcinogens in kind of everything. Um, and... Let's see, like there's a mutation, there's a significant mutation that goes on in your body. Like every 10,000, I don't entirely remember what, like, I don't know. It's okay. I don't entirely remember. It's not part of the point. Anyway, but there's a significant mutation that occurs like every 10,000 cell divisions or something. And then, um, but like your body is also so good at like protecting that at the same time. Mm-hmm. But like, uh, but like millions of millions of those mutations will end up in cancer, and like you are you're mutating right now. Yeah. But uh, but like the the, can- the chances of cancers going up is, is like it's uh, that yeah, chance we, we is keep rising. Putting things in the environment to like and ourselves to <laughs> make it to where cancer does happen much more often. Um, yeah. And then there's different kinds of mutations too, like point mutations. And sometimes the whole chromosome is just like, part of it just gets deleted. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Um, Man. um, Yeah. Oh, I guess I'll go with that one's a good one because I do also want to hear just about shift in particular. Uh, What is shift? Who is shift? Why is shift? (laughs) <laughs> man all right so shift is my primary band right now um i i brought those two dudes together so i met the drummer way back in middle school and we actually didn't say a word to each other for year for like mm. two years and we were both in jazz band and we were just playing music before we even spoke to each other and i met that dude i actually met him back in high school when I was insulting this other kid's taste in punk rock. And um, this one kid, he's like, hey, Ben, you want to join this punk band I got? And I'm just like, oh, maybe. What kind of punk is it? And he's like, oh, it's like Blink-182 or Five Seconds of Summer. And I was like, dude, I only listen to real punk rock. I listen to the Minutemen or the Bad Brains. And then from across the room, the Matt, the drummer from Shift, is like, oh, oh, you listen to the Minutemen? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and those were the first two words we, like, spoke to each other, <laughs> like, after two years of not talking to each other. And um, 
then after that, I had this other band before I had Shift called Capsaicin in high school. And, you know, I mean, <laughs> sort of. We didn't have a clue what we were doing. Everyone's got to have, like, some garbage bands in their past. Oh, you really do. But this was interesting because, uh, like, it was it was like a garage jazz band. And we were, like, adv- pretty, like, advanced on our instruments for our age. But we didn't we didn't really know how to be in a band. Didn't really have clear ambitions. Yeah. Um, that's the point of the garbage that's, that's bands the in, the, garbage in the, band, the beginning. But, yeah. <laughs> but um, anyway, so there was this one drummer who uh, his name was Paxton. I haven't seen him in forever, but I asked him to be in Capsaicin originally. And he was like, let me check my schedule. And he never got back to me. And then I asked Matt and uh, he agreed. And he was, he was like a fledgling jazz drummer. He wasn't really like much at the time, but like, man, he, uh, once I asked him to be in that band, he, took off like he really started uh getting into stuff and we would have capsaicin rehearsals and the guitarist would show up the least <laughs> and uh he's actually a very good guitarist he he goes to unt now his name's ian zinnaker and he's uh i hope he's doing well if he listens to this he's, i hope he's showing up to rehearsals uh man yeah he's a brilliant jazz guitarist though <laughs> he um he knows his shit, man. But anyway, I just would end up hanging with, out with Matt yeah, the yeah. whole time. And like we would uh, we would just play music as like a drum and bass duo, mm. drive around, listen to more music. And we would do that just like daily mm. almost. And we turned each other on to a lot of things. And uh, I think it started when uh, I showed him Mr. Bungle. Mr. Bongo was like my favorite band ever. I can't believe I met I didn't mention them, but like they they are it. Like my top one album is California, man. And that uh man, I still find something new in that album every time I listen to it. Um I am such a simp for that band, dude. You don't <laughs> understand. Like back in my early teens, I'd listened to all of the, the albums all of the demo tapes. Like I listened to Raging Wrath of the Easter Bunny, like back when it was a demo <laughs> before they re-released it as like their fourth album. I, I don't know, Mr. Bucko. So I was like, sure. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Um, but right before COVID, they actually had a reunion concert and I flew from OKC to LA just to see that concert. Nice. And it was, it was awesome, man. Like, I can't believe like Mike Patton, is just as much of a lunatic as he is on stage in real life. Like that, that dude on the albums, that's, that's just him. That's just him, man. Um, dude. Yeah. I love Mr. Bungle. Um, so I think the growth of our ears started there with Mr. Bungle. And then, um, Matt showed me like the Eric Andre show. And then he showed me like death grips and, um, Oh, there's apparently a rumor that they're making a new album and they might have a show at Kane's in uh, Tulsa in the fall. That's a rumor I heard. <laughs> and if it's true, I'm going to that. Yeah. I'm also going to see Black Midi in Lawrence, Kansas on October 7th, man. I'm hyped for that. <laughs> um, Man, but like he showed me Death Grips, but like I got him into jazz mm-hmm. and he got me into what it... 
uh, there's there's so much. There's so much. He got me into so much, man. I still feel like he's the coolest dude ever. Drummer from Shift. Yeah. Matt. Uh, where does the Brosfeld come in? <laughs> I met him at in college at OCU. And um, he was a cool dude. He just knew things. He knew a lot of stuff about things I just had no clue about. And um, Matt is now in Missouri State. He still lives in Springfield, Missouri. Um, and he's studying jazz. He's, a, he's such a damn good drummer now, dude. That, that <laughs> solo on Origin, dude. That yeah. dude, yeah. he knows. But I met Ben in college. And every day I would miss Matt. But I'd be hanging out with Ben. And then one day I was like, Ben, you got to meet this drummer I know who lives in Missouri. Mm. And then one day we just finally set aside the time for a trip. I think this was after COVID had happened. So we were kind of doing nothing. And we're just like, let's drive to Springfield, Missouri, you and I. And I, I will just jam. We'll just jam with Matt once or twice. And... um because Matt and I had never jammed with an electronic musician before. Like, we never jammed with, like, a modular synth dude. Yeah. Who, uh... Ben is also a very gifted classical pianist. He's mm-hmm. he's very good at yeah. that. Yeah, um, uh, Good at cello, too, man. But we just jammed. And we were just... We didn't think anything would come of it, but we jammed. And we were just kind of like, wow. This is awesome. Let's be a band. And uh, that's how Shift started. Why Shift? So this is entirely true, by the way. But uh, originally we were going to be Shaft. And because I was and I I, I suggested Shaft because I was like, that's mighty. Mm -hmm. Also, dick joke funny. Mm -hmm. And uh, they were both like, Ben, do you really want people to giggle every time they hear our band name? Yes. And I was (laughs) like, yeah, I know. And then at that moment, I was like, wait, guys, shift is a word. <laughs> and then they were just like, oh, yeah. yeah. And that's how that came about. But it's stylized in all caps because you have to hold shift to type shift. Yeah. That was something I realized like, ah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and we're going to be shift until litigation occurs. So Yeah, yeah. We'll see what all the other shifts have to say. We will see. We'll see if they have any shift to say. Quite. Anyway, the goal of the band is to sound like we're one letter away from shit. So yes. that's that's us. Um, <laughs> so I'd say like the biggest inspiration for that album, for Shift, was uh, Black Midi's Schlegenheim. Mm. Um, when Shift formed, all three of us were, I mean, me... Mostly, but uh, I was trying to acquire virtuosity. I was trying to be like really good on whatever instrument I was playing, but it also wasn't going anywhere because, like, I had such a vague definition of like what I wanted. Like, and then I heard that album, Schlegenheim, and I was just like, oh my god. <laughs> This stuff is like really simple what they're playing, but it's really awesome. Mm-hmm. Forget virtuosity. I'm just going to be unique. Mm-hmm. And then it just gave me permission to just do weird stuff. Like, yeah. like Assemble, that song was just, oh, that, that, I wrote that riff on notation software. Mm-hmm. And um, 
I was just like, you know, I'm just going to repeat this the whole time. Yeah, because there's stuff in Black Midi like where it's just like dirk 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 like that's and that's the whole song, yeah. and it's awesome. <laughs> um, yeah. So if you ever listen to Black Midi's Schlagenheim, you will understand Shift's timelines mm. on a whole new level. Yeah. Uh, we'll get back to Shift. Um, but I'll have two questions still on this front. What's something people don't normally know about you? Man. All right. What's a thing people don't usually know about me? Um, I don't really know how to answer that, so I'm just going to say some controversial stuff. Okay. All restaurants are mid, whether you know it or not. I'm down. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I, I can see that. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, that's fair enough. Unless, like, I don't know. <laughs> man yeah uh, <laughs> so much unseasoned food out there man it's been pissing me off lately and then last one on this front what advice do you have for people that are trying to do what you do oh dude be kind uh, be courteous and have no expectations i mean not be courteous be curious be kind be curious I mean, have no you can expectations. be courteous too. you can be courteous too but yeah be kind be curious have no expectations. Yeah. Yeah. Make some cool shit. <laughs> Switching gears into the questions that make bit depth, bit depth. Fantastic. What is the role of spirituality or religion in your life? Man. All right. Um, so I was raised Catholic. Same. I was not into it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was kind of. I I just got it like even as a small child I just kind of got a bad vibe from the whole thing. Um mass was also incredibly boring for me. Mm-hmm. Um I had no clue what was going on the whole time. <laughs> I would say I didn't even have a concept of like spirituality until at least like 8th or ninth grade. Yeah. You know the age when that kicks in. Sure. Um Man, uh, yeah, I was a bad Catholic. Um, and then uh, eighth grade, I was like an iffy atheist. And then when I was 14, I was like, you know, there is a higher power. I'm not sure who it is, though. Um, but man, lately, I've really taken great solace in Buddhism. Mm-hmm. And um, I would still feel like I'd be a bad Buddhist now if I ever really got into it. And I can't say I really feel like a Buddhist all that much either, but like I've, I, I've just taken great solace in, um, in the effort, in the attempt to extinguish all desire <laughs> and yeah. all attachment from everything around me. Mm-hmm. Um, medita- I've, I've attended some meditations like at the, Vahira Temple as like it was part of a class and I just didn't expect it to be like that mind blowing, but just to temporarily just have your mind be empty is class, man. Yeah. Dude, I, <laughs> I love that. I it's great. How did you get there? Well, I I took an intro to world religions class at OCU yeah. and the assignment was like, all right, pick Pick a religion that's not yours. It's the Buddhist group, the Jewish group, and the the um, 
Muslim group. Mm-hmm. And I picked the Buddhist group because I my mom's also a yoga teacher, actually. She's a she's a certified yoga teacher. And I was always I've always really been thinking about like non-attachment and how I can be not attached to stuff and like what I can get rid of in my life. And um it's actually gonna be a good bit of Buddhist references on the next shift album. Um man, Buddhism has also brought me like a lot of peace yeah. in my you know, like regarding my upcoming death. Yeah. I'm not gonna die anytime soon, but like man, when I die, I will be free of all desires. Yeah. I'm not gonna kill myself at all, but dude, I'm 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 looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah. The death is definitely a theme on timelines, <laughs> dude. Yeah, yeah. What is your definition of God? My definition of God. Wow. Um, I don't know if I have a very like distinct definition. Um. I'm just going to steal Frank Zappa's definition and I'm just going to say, I think it's like a big note. Man, if I could describe everything with words, I wouldn't need to play it on my instrument, man. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think God is just like a big note. Fair enough. (laughs) What is free will? Maybe you've come across this thing in your dabbling in Buddhism. (laughs) that's a good question um can't say i'm sure it exists but um i think free will occurs i think free will is like a culmination of like a series of habits Mm. and i'm saying that because i i I think about improvisation a lot i kind of think life is a giant free form stream of consciousness act Mm -hmm. And sometimes you don't even feel like you're in control of it. But um, when you improvise on your on your instrument, which you, I know you do, that's just a culmination of all the previous experiments, ex- experiences, and experiments, and experiments <laughs> you've had on that instrument. It just comes out, and you're just kind of going with it. Yeah, you're just kind of going with it. Um, and in regards to free will, I feel like I'm just kind of going with it right now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think free will might just be a series of going with it's for me at this point in my life. Cool. <laughs> I'll answer that. What do you think happens when we die? Man, I think whatever happens, whatever you believe happens is going to happen when you die. Um, I personally like to, th- I don't, I don't really know if you have like a soul or like a ghost that goes somewhere when you die but i like to think personality and personality traits are reincarnated um if some hallucinatory stuff happened when you die that'd be pretty cool man uh no i mean it definitely does your brain is flooded with dmt so yeah (laughs) um anyway I, I guess right now I like to think that your desires are extinguished and yeah. your personality is carried on to someone else. So that's. Yeah. <laughs> How do you determine what good behavior is? Man, um, I, I like to think that you can't really just ask yourself, like, am I a good person? you got to ask yourself what good have I done for the world? Mm. And, um, a lot of good is contextual. Yeah. 
to me at yeah. least. So I ask myself, am I a good person? And lately I'm just like, man, I haven't like broken a ton of rules, but I, I like, I just follow them. And I haven't, I, I feel like being good is, it's a thing where you go above and beyond just like following laws mm-hmm. and rules and your own values. So, uh, lately I would say, honestly, I'm a very neutral person. <laughs> like, ever killed anyone. <laughs> I have not killed anyone. I have not. I, I, I guess I, I should like wait before making that sort of statement because yeah, I, <laughs> I don't know who anyone is. Like it's just, you have, I don't know if you've never killed anyone, but like, no, luckily, I, you haven't killed. Anyone, I have, so I have fine. committed no murder. <laughs> um, Anyway, I think good behavior is, uh, in short, it's contextual. And I think I have neutral karma right now. (laughs) Cool. (laughs) Good have I done. I guess I learned all that knowledge about the human body and whatnot so I can use it to serve others if I see fit in the future. So that's where I am right now. Yeah, you have high potential energy for good at the moment yeah uh oh there it is uh (laughs) how do we reduce the division between people reduce the division between people well you got to be kind be curious and have no expectations (laughs) um i think you just got to go out and you got to see things for yourself and you got to meet different people from different backgrounds and you just got to ask them questions and you want to ask enough questions to uh, realize that that could be you if the circumstances were different. Um, that's, that's something that's really blown my mind lately is like there is a context in which I've grown up in mm-hmm. and like, like the way you're treated that's that's all a part of the context and how you observe art and like frame of references. It's all it's all like a context. And like yeah. I've I I'm like only recently realizing that the white male context mm-hmm. is is a thing that I've grown up with. And like there's so much context out there and like experiences that I just haven't experienced. Yeah. And um I guess if you're aware of that, that'd reduce the divide between a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, there's that old golden rule that's all like present in all those religions and all that stuff, which is yeah. just treat others like you want to be treated. So yeah. there's that, too. Yeah. Are you familiar with the the platinum rule? There's I didn't know there was a platinum yeah, rule. So, oh, so the thing about or like the issue with treat other, others as you'd like to be treated is that it is sort of a, a positive claim um, and or a positive command. And instead, the platinum rule is sort of a negative command. Uh, do not treat others as you would not like to be treated. Yeah. Uh, Epic. That and, works and too. And so it's like, because, you know, some people are into BDSM and others yeah. are not. Yeah. yeah. And so if those people that are into BDSM treated other people the way that they wanted to be treated, yeah. it would not go very well. If they were also not into that. So instead, <laughs> do not treat others as you would not like to be treated. Oh, I fuck with that platinum yeah, yeah. rule, man. Yeah, that's cool. That's but uh yeah. Be kind, be curious, have no expectations. That's stuff I think about a lot. Yeah. <laughs> or is it, do you believe humans are evil by nature? 
No. Um, I think all babies are born neutral. Mm. And experience has a hand, just your own personal experience has a hand in uh, how, how, how things go. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think we are all born neutral. <laughs> what do you think humanity is heading towards in the future? Some fuckery. Uh, mm. <laughs> mm. I, I think about those rising water levels a lot, man. Um, but there's also like so much, there's so much good still out there. Um, and I know there's children out there who are just becoming more emotionally mature and that's, that's good. Um, I think we're heading into a mixed bag, but guess what? We've been in a mixed bag this whole time. Um, I was really, I, I think about the environment a lot. Um, I love nature and camping and whatnot in addition to music and medicine. I rock climb a lot too. That's that's one of my big things. I do like four things. <laughs> Music, school. Oh, oh Not no. anymore. Not right now. Not right now. <laughs> rock climbing and drinking coffee. I do I, I do like three things now. Um, and I recently went to Mount St. Helens while I was on vacation. And that was a childhood dream of mine. Accomplished. I was so happy. It was so cool. Um, and I went to Coldwater Lake which was a lake that was formed right immediately after the uh, 1980 eruption. And when it formed, it smelled like rotting garbage and it was dark and murky and it was full of volcanic ash and sediment. And the microorganisms in that lake made it crystal clear within like a year and a half. And I was just amazed that like little bacteria could just do that. Yeah, I'm just like, man, that's so cool that bacteria can do that. Now, if only they could eat microplastics. <laughs> They're working on it. Yeah. They're working it's like, on man, it. if we genetically engineer bacteria to eat microplastics, that's going to be awesome. Yeah. It's going to be so awesome. Hmm. Yeah. Mixed bag. Yeah. We're heading towards a mixed bag and we're coming from a mixed bag. That's, uh, that's what I think. Yeah. yeah. To get away from maybe some of the negativity of that question, what are you optimistic about for our future? Man, um, I have always been really excited about just the things I don't know. And like ever since like ever since I was a child, like I loved music that I couldn't predict. Yeah. Like as a five-year-old, I would literally be listening to music. And they'd be playing. And then I would have what I thought the next pitch in my head was going to be. And if the music ended up being that pitch, I'd be like, nah, <laughs> nah, this is boring. If I can figure it out, anybody can figure it out. So I loved, um, I just love music that subverted my expectations. And I remember being like little and like loving the Beatles, like even like late period Beatles, man. I recently revisited that stuff. That shit was awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude, Revolver, like, great album. They wrote exclusively bangers for that one. Um, so what makes me optimistic? I am optimistic about the things I just don't know. Because yeah. there's an infinite amount of things I don't know out there. Yeah. And I want to know them. Yeah. And, like, there's just so much stuff I haven't done. 
There's that, that's what gets me optimistic. It's just the mystery. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what makes you content? Makes me content. Definitely like uh, drinking a cup of coffee and then doing some sort of exercise mm-hmm. makes me, I don't know if I have a roof over my head and playing a little bit of bass. And that's, that makes me pretty content. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, the exercise thing now, especially, uh, over the course of 2019, I actually lost 60 pounds and that changed everything for me, dude. Holy crap, man. Um, it's wild how much endurance I have now. I really only need to eat about half as much as I do or I did. I also discovered that I actually do have that track star metabolism that allows me to eat whatever I want without gaining weight. And I was just forcing myself to be overweight. Mm. Um, it's also wild the amount of like respect you get treated with when you're thinner and more like conventionally attractive. It's wild. Yeah. Um, and it's not really in like, I can't really name any specific situations. It's just kind of like the looks you get. You're just taken more seriously. Anyway, I'm hoping I can get like more cut and more just feeling better about myself. So I can just be more of a dork and I can just get away with it all. Dude, it's going to be sick. It's going to be sick, man. Uh, when will you be satisfied? Damn. Way things are going, probably never. <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel like life isn't really about being happy all the time. It's about having a rich variety of different experiences so um never i guess yeah ever (laughs) that's okay too (laughs) what advice do you have for people in general dude be kind be curious have no expectations amazing (laughs) lastly potentially most importantly cake or pie damn I think my actions would say cake. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What What is the cake that is coming to mind as you say that? I don't know. Just like the texture of cake in general. Like I'm I'm a I'm a flavors man. Okay. I've had really great cakes and I've had really great pies, man. My mom makes this awesome chocolate coffee pecan pie every Thanksgiving, and it is delicious. But I think like my favorite dessert of all time is tiramisu. And I've had some really great crunchy ice cream cakes. And then Reese's makes this weird hybrid creation that's like cake, ice cream, and pie in one. Yeah. But um, I think I've definitely had more cakes than pies throughout my life. Because there was a period as like a child where I did not like pie. But it's okay. Cake. 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 What about you? What, what say you? Uh, I am a pie man. Respect, um, respect, respect. Yeah, the the substance that like makes up the bulk of cake versus what makes up the bulk of pie. Mm. I prefer the fillings of pies rather than the fillings of cake. Totally understand. It's fantastic. Mr. Skaloot. Thank you so much for doing this with me. Thank you for having me. Where can we find you and your things? 
You can find my stupid ass Instagram account <laughs> at b.scalute on Instagram. You can find my band at shift.band on Instagram. You can also find my band on YouTube at shiftbandokc. No spaces, no caps. Uh, singles are on there. The full album is on there. Um, and it's also just streaming. It's also everywhere. It's a yeah. streaming everywhere on Apple Music, on um, Spotify. Um, whatever the things other people whatever use. Whatever things other people use. Uh, no physical copies yet yet oh there's that frank herbert sample on infields the last track of the album and we apparently cannot use that sample for physical copies we can't make any money off of it that was just oh, like interesting something we agreed to but lately i've been thinking about what if we made um something like little zines you know like little baby magazines you ever heard of those mm-hmm. like with and like those are just liner notes fun stuff about the album and then yeah. a qr code i'm like what if we just sell a qr code right yeah would that work? Sure. I don't know. I don't Excited know how, how the, the things work with the rights of Frank Herbert. And they should be free to use that really good quote that everyone should listen to. <laughs> anyway, also, uh, Shift t-shirts are now available for $15. You can find them on the band's Instagram page. You can find her Venmo on the page, too. Shift-band, I think. That Shift-band yeah. is the Venmo. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Once again, thank you so much for doing this thank with you, me, sir. I'm Santiago Armones. I'm Benji Scalute. What song is about to play at the end of this here podcast? Playing fields. Cool. Yeah.
I just say we have to shift from non-renewable energy to renewable energy. And we have to start taking the steps now. We really do have to start taking those steps now. You can find everything that I do on my website, SantiagoRamones.com. I make music and produce audio. The music you're hearing now is music I made. You can listen to official releases by Santiago Ramones on Spotify, Apple Music, and the other streaming places. Or you can support me directly by buying my music on Bandcamp. I'm working on Hypothetical, my first singer-songwriter album. So if you'd like to hear that at some point, there are lots of ways to support me on my website. There's a Discord server in which we discuss deep topics from the podcast, but it's also a community of beautiful human beings. All the links to all my things are on my website, SantiagoRamones.com. Please take a moment to rate and review the podcast. It would mean a lot to me to hear what you have to say, and it lets others know what to expect, better than I could ever explain. I want to help the world have deeper conversations, so thank you for listening to and supporting BitDepth. I was in the podcast with my three things. They shape my life philosophy. Those three things are love never fails. It's going to be okay. I might be wrong. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs>